Hi, this is Kenny. And this is Mark. And this is All I Want to Do is Talk About Madonna. Album 7, Track 1, Survival. Bedtime stories. Bedtime stories. A, Welcome. A critical point in Madonna's career. Well, uh, before we delve into Survival, which is a great kickoff song, it's a fine kickoff song to this mm. album, um, and uh, all that goes with that, where are we? Mus- where is Madonna musically? I mean, I know we talked a lot about how she was recovering from the girly show in 1993 in um, the I'll Remember episode. Where are we? Music, like, where is she musically? What's happening? Good question. I don't know. I think she wanted to do a more R&B-influenced album, right? Yeah. Um, apparently, there was a whole other album that she had been working on, some of that with Shep Pettibone, and when we get to the next track, we hear more about that, right, I think? Yeah. Um, and she was interested in working with some new producers. She had heard a lot of the producers that are on this album do other things over the last couple of years that she was excited about. So I think she was in a, a moment of like exploration, but also she was sort of pulling back a little bit. Yes, and yet this feels like the first Madonna blockbuster uh, album in terms of she is a big known recording commodity. She is going after and holding her own with other really established producers. Name people who have... These aren't. She's not plucking Shep Pettibone out of a club and putting him in a grungy basement right. to make a record. Right. She is like reaching out to like stars of their. Own. I mean, yes. Nellie Cooper in 1994 yes. was a huge deal, and and so there's a lot of and Dave Hall, Dave Hall, and Dallas, Dallas Austin, Austin and yeah. Babyface. I mean, yes. these are like huge name people, and I think she's able to both hold her own with them and bring what she does to their yes. work. And so it's really, uh, I feel like this is like the first Madonna superstar album. Yeah, I think that's right. In a way, like as you're saying that, what I think about is Hard Candy because I think it's the similar template. Quite. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And, and also similar terrain, though 14 years later, it's actually going into this R&B influenced you know, not world. taking it so seriously, not making big grand statements, um, serious statements. Right. I think she's making statements, but they're it's a lot more playful. It's a lot more fun, and I think there's a for all of Madonna's vulnerability and insecurity around this time. There's a playfulness to this album that I think people really um, enjoy. There's a lightness. There's a it's just a record in some ways. Yes, yes. I think it does. It is less of an event yeah. than other 
like for sure erotica and also the three or four albums before this felt like more big event this felt like i felt like this was an album where she's like i'm just sliding in with my new album right without any other distractions right at least at first. At least at first. <laughs> and and also this this kind of thing of, and yet I feel like there's a real confidence to it because she knows who she is. She knows what she brings to the the work and she's able to t- hold her own with these big names. And part of what's so thrilling about the album as a whole is how a song that Babyface and Madonna wrote together sounds. How yeah. um, Nellie Hooper's... Uh, engineering and remixing, how that can transform Madonna's sound. Um, It's really exploratory, too. This is a lot of people's favorite Madonna record. I know. Why do you think that is? Because it's not your favorite Madonna record. It is not. I would say it's one of my least favorites. Yeah. Overall. Though there's a lot in it I really like. I don't... It For me, um, yeah, it's one of my least favorites. I remember when I heard Madonna was doing an R&B record, I was a little like, whoa. And yet, I I know that she started the sessions with Chet Pettibone, and I know that she uh, was not necessarily happy with the direction the music was going, and obviously the lyrics she was like, great with, because she was contributing those. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but And so she quickly switched gears, and I think a lot of the restlessness and the fun of the record is her trying to find that sound and yeah. capture what she really wanted it to be because a lot of the songs that she wrote with Dallas Austin, who's really the primary primary um, co- co-writer on the record, him and Dave Hall, yeah. um, she has to go back and remix and redo with Nellie Hooper after the fact. And yeah. I think yeah. it's almost like you can kind of see how the album... Ha- the album has these weird tent, ho- tent poles and then everything else is kind of clustered to kind of support and magnify those songs. Yeah, I think that's an interesting way to say it. I mean, I guess, you know, an- another way to say it, maybe not as generously, is like, <laughs> well, I don't, I don't want to be bitchy about this album because I also know that a lot of people love this album. And Revere that, it, yeah, my friend. And, so, and I, maybe it's okay if I'm, if I'm painted as the, the bad guy for this, this album. But I, I do want to say it also feels a little bit like a mess. Like, like it feels like it's in all these different directions and yeah. none of them, like I wouldn't say the album is cohesive in that way. Like, like, I don't know how we don't really, you know, going from bedtime stories to take about actually makes no sense to me. Mm. Um, it doesn't, they're not in the same world. If you put, you know what I mean? Like everything's, it, it's, it's a hodgepodge for me in a lot of ways. Okay. However, on the more generous side of that, I will say this is, um, it's a trans transitional album for her where she's trying to trying a whole bunch of things to see, to explore new, new ideas, new ways of working, new sounds for her, softer sides, harder sides, more electronic, you know, she's going in all these directions. I like that about the album. And I also think like in the trajectory of an artist's career, this is a very, um, like I said, pivotal thing in that what happens, at least in my perception of watching other artists and as, as well as myself, like there's a time where like you make three or four pieces in a row that sort of work in a vocabulary. Yeah. And then the oh, vocabulary sort of like doesn't work anymore. And then there's usually like one or two things that one or two albums or one or two pieces of art that like are the artist grappling, figuring out where they're going next, what it is. 
and so I feel like this album represents that for me. Like there are mm. things in the album where she's like, oh, I know this will work. Like Secret to me feels like right out of a Madonna's like handbook. Yeah. You know, but even like a song like, um, don't stop. No, don't stop. Yeah. Don't, yeah, don't stop. stop. Don't stop is in the Madonna handbook, but it like, we'll talk about it later. It doesn't work for me. Um, however, um, <laughs> however, but I also think it's a reflection of where she really truly was in her life in so many ways, because how do you, you know, I feel, you know, you know, erotica ended like a certain kind of Madonna and she's in a different place. She's a different person. She's actually looking for different things in her life and in the world and what she wants from music and her career. And I think the album reflects that in so many ways, which is interesting. What, uh, that You bring up a, a bunch of really interesting points. And one of which I was thinking about this morning was, it, again, I always go back to her contemporaries and Prince had made the gold album, this year, the gold experience this uh, yeah. year, which really is the last huge commercial pop record Prince ever made. I mean, Pussy Control is on it. The Gold is on it. There's yeah. all these beautiful, like, radio-friendly Prince songs, and it doesn't sell, and it isn't a hit. And and Michael Jackson had released Dangerous the year before that in 1993. So, and that was his last really important record that he ever made, really. And so, alongside them, Madonna has kind of, she's at that crossroads of like, do I take a really sharp left turn and risk it being a disaster and, but staying true to myself and yeah. where I'm going, or do I kind of churn out something more commercially? And I think she finds this way of doing it both ways. She has this way of doing it both ways because there's huge commercial pop singles on this album, but there's also these weird experimental stuff that really stretch her sound and yet I think what holds the album together is Madonna's voice mm. and her lyrics. I mean, there are a lot of uh, repetitive lyricisms throughout the record. And, um, and she really is uh, really delving into some new things and, and a, a deeper sense of spirituality, a deeper sense of like mortality, mortality starting. And which is a great way to segue into uh, survival, uh, a new a new antagonist to the Madonna world, the people. <laughs> yes. Well, just yeah. The, the, the paparazzi, the public, the the critics, the critics. Yeah. I guess the critics. Yeah, or perception. Yeah. Because like she talks a lot about in different interviews about how the persona of Madonna has like is is like sort of taken on its own thing. It's not her at all. She has actually no control over it. She doesn't feel like whatever is representative of her in the press is truly her. It's a one moment in a day, and if anyone saw her the rest of the day, she says this in an interview at this time about how what's so frustrating about the media is they capture a, a moment, not the whole day, so you don't get a sense of a whole person. Right, right. And at this point, I think she's she's... She's reckoning with. She's sort of more outside of it than she has been yeah. before, and you know she's also just taking stock and assessing oh, like, well, nice. if I'm going to keep doing this, how am I going to do it, um, and be happy or find try, look for happiness? It lies in our own hands, Mark. But also, there's so many things to say about that. Lyric. How am I going to survive? Okay. Exactly. Ready? Yes. Ready? Go. Steady, ready. Yeah. Uh, Starting 
Could you tell me the journey from erotica to bedtime stories? Was it hard? Oh, that's a simple way to describe it. <laughs> yes. Which way? Well, it was hard to be so profoundly misunderstood and not be destroyed and go back to work and continue writing and being expressive and not and to try to express myself without listening to the vo all the voices and thinking of all the things that people said and that was hard and how did you survive all those years being misunderstood by the press and by the people by the critics some critics um by knowing in my heart that it was what I wanted to do, and knowing that, knowing at least understanding what I meant uh, personally and also the people that I respect and admire, their, their opinions and their advice. And I would say that knowing that, uh, that at least the handful of people that understood the irony or the, or the message or whatever I was trying to say, I would say that that, that helped me. Yeah, and how did it start the idea of the album, The Bedtime Stories? The title? Yeah, the title and the, the whole idea of looking into yourself, I think. It wasn't premeditated, it just happened. I, I would say that two years of really trying to understand myself and humanity, I mean, I think I was... I think I got a huge education. I mean, my whole life has been an education, but um, when people are happy and enthusiastic and cheering your name and saying you're the greatest, it doesn't give you pause to reflect as much as... It doesn't encourage you to sit and be reflective as much as people... Um, questioning and challenging what you do. Which so you? I was saying that my state of mind And I look at like the look of the album and it's so feminine and so beautiful. Yes. And yet she is painted, she is in warrior battle mode. Yes. She's got heavy lipstick and eyeliner and all kinds of stuff going on um, for all of the vulnerability and everything. And it, it, it's Patrick Demarchier who did the, who did the 
ph- photography and um and Fabian Baron and Patrick Lee and their the 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 physical uh, production of the album is just I think it's so beautiful and she looks beautiful but there is a sense of kind of a warrior paint on yeah, her yeah I agree I, I I actually don't wouldn't say she looks beautiful like to be honest <laughs> no I mean yeah honestly I don't think it's a beautiful shot I think it's it's fashion and you know, it's still going in the fashion. I mean, the colors are amazing and the way that they match her eyes to everything. But I think she looks both. Yes. Totally painted. I also think she's looking at the camera, both sort of like, will you accept me? Also? Fuck you. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, so it's the sort of mix. Um, and I don't, I think she's sort of, it's, it feels like a little uncertain to me. She's trying. There's She's a lot trying. happening. There's a yeah. lot happening there. Yeah. And, you know, for an official album, if we're not counting, I mean, we do, we do count I'm Breathless as an official album, but Music it's a sound. Yeah, no, go, ahead, Tracy. go ahead. Music from Inspired by the Bill, film Dick Tracy. <laughs> you know, she in that, we see her face in that, but really this is the first face that we see since Like a Virgin, you know, that's like for a Madonna album. You yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's a very different face than we've seen um, over the last 10 years, you know? Um, I also think too, like, I think I agree with everything you're saying. And like part of the survival is adapting to the time. We're now in the mid nineties, the sound that's on the radio has changed. And maybe for the first time she's catching up to the sound or she's trying to blend into the sound. Whereas I feel like before she was leading a sound all the way through erotica, you know, pushing ahead and that this feels like she's leaning into it. Does that make sense? Totally, totally. And there are, um, grunge has faded away, and now we are in this place of um, kind of, there's grooves. It's uh, Everything's about grooves and TLC and Soul to Soul, and Bjork is a huge huge person right now. Everything's about kind of these textures. We yeah. talked about this on I'll Remember. There's a lot of texture going on, on, the, on in radio and um, the bodyguard is finally faded from memory. And so, and um, my heart will go on is, is, is looming in a few years. Yes, yes. So like, you know, the world is kind of open to what's going on in pop music. Yeah. I mean, this is a sort of big time for Mariah, so that's yeah. also part of it. But yeah, I think TLC is a really great touchstone because, you know, Dallas Austin, who also does Secret, right? Yes. Um, that, to me, always reminded me of Creep and No Scrubs. Like, you know, I know they're both different, but like, yeah. So, um, hey, but let's talk about survival. Yes. If we're entering an album, a new era, we start in a different way than we've ever started before with the sort of like funky little bam, bam, bam. we're into this sort of hey we're going to cool down a little bit yeah. chill out let's put on a record and just get in the car drive yes. down to the convenience store get some ice get a slushy whatever you need to do to survive exactly. it could also be you put it on and you're like oh i got to clean my apartment <laughs> I'm in, I'm in my slippers. And I got my some Windex. I'm ready to go. I have my cup of coffee, cup of Joe. Okay. All right. Well, it was written by the, the song Survival was written by Madonna and Dallas Austin. Um, it sounds like an early 
uh, song for the project. It, it feels very yeah. kind of like, let's just write something and see how it feels. And um, there's a really nice groove to it. Yeah. Um, I, um, I, I, it's not her best lyric. Yeah. But it, it, it warms you up. It warms you up. For sure. It's definitely a warm-up song. I really like um, that Donna and Nikki are in this song. And I think that's part of why they're there. They're there to be a familiar face to kind of reassure us that everything's going to be okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this brings me to something that I want to say, because I think that their additions and contributions to the song are one of the best parts of the song. Like their background vocals and how they harmonize and how they build on the melody. And I feel like, Mark, that... I feel like this was a missed opportunity, this whole album, to be a Madonna, Nikki, and Donna album. Mm. They should have been on every track, at least on the first half of the album. They would have added something to every single track. But see, I disagree, because I find that uh, my favorite parts of this album are the layered Madonna vocals. I love all the different layered Madonna vocals throughout the album, because this is pre- pretty much it. They, they disappear after this, yeah. and with the exception of Michelle and Deggio Cello coming up in the third track, th- everything else is just Madonna and Babyface. Yeah, but I'm saying, like... <laughs> All every single song would have been better with Nikki and Donna harmonizing. Yeah, okay, I'll I'll give that to you. Every song through up until Inside of Me. After that, I kind of feel like it becomes a different album. Yeah, Um, and then I don't need them. But for that first half, I just wish every song had Nikki and Donna. We miss you, Nikki and Donna. (laughs) They were really missed, and it was a it was a mistake. Do you think? Do you think? Do you think this is why, because uh, of all the Madonna albums, Bedtime Stories has been performed live the least, yes, really. Yes. I mean, she's only performed, she's never performed this song live. No. And she's only done Secret, Human Nature um, on tour. And then she's done Take a Bow and Bedtime Story as one-offs for right. like benefits and, or um, uh, award shows and stuff. But yeah. that's it. Yeah, I mean, she did Take a Bow on... Rebel Heart, yeah, like kind of, sort of. Yeah, yeah, that that yeah, wasn't yeah. a real yeah, performance. Yeah, that true. was just, hey, true, let's true. just do it. I don't know the words. Um, the other thing about survival that I I always really loved was I I loved that she she was okay with settling into kind of this like mid tempo groove, yeah. and it doesn't. There's something really powerful about her not adhering to what I always think of when I, I always think of the Shep Pettibone qu- quote again about how no matter how cool it is, if we've done it before, we shouldn't do it again. Right. And and I always feel like she had the potential to like turn this song into like a banging anthem. Yes. And she keeps it low key. She keeps it mellow. Yeah. I I this song to me has over time I I always enjoy listening to this song. I find it to be a very pleasant groove. I hear the lyrics. They don't feel as like, yes, they like, you know, years later when she does like iconic, like that to me feels similar in like sensibility to survival. It's not the same, but no, but I mean that that has this aggression to it of like, you know, this is what you need to do. And in this song, it is a song about like, this is what I've done. I recognize who I am. 
but I'm going to survive. Yes, it could have been like, I will survive, or like it could have become yeah. like, but there never is a moment and there's no bridge. There's no moment where it rises. It's no. no, there's no like, you know, there's nothing that like makes it like important like that. No, no. I mean, the, my favorite lyric in it is always, here's my story, no risk, no glory. Yes, yeah, And that's, that, that, that in 1994 is Madonna. Yes. And it's also like, the introduction of perhaps some cliche lyrics. Well, yes. No risk, no glory. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I know. I know it's beginning. It's beginning. And she's never, and th- th- this has always been my issue with Madonna as a defensive on the defense about like being persecuted. The lyrics never rise above woe is me. Except Joan of Arc. But Joan of Arc is about her feelings, po- not not about it in battle. She's not in battle. She's like home taking off the true the stuff. I feel like though if there were a video for Joan of Arc, it would show her like fighting, and while the lyrics were happening. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, so you know, I think like it's a great way to warm up the record. Yeah. We got yeah. familiar faces. We've got a new sound. Madonna is kind of, there's that, hey, yeah, yeah. I like that in it. Yeah, I think yeah. that's really great. Yeah. And um, I think. Oh, it's live. It feels kind of like live instrumentation. It doesn't yeah. feel as electronic as previous. So yeah. that's important. And she sounds really relaxed. Yeah, well, they also have a lot of reverb, so she sounds <laughs> oh my very. Gosh. She sounds very far away. I in feel some ways. like Softer. this th- this whole album is going to be a battle of me defending it and Kenny Finkel uh, uh, critiquing it in a well, hard way. I, I don't feel like I'm being that hard on it because I no. could be. I I just I just want to be. I I think you know this was a moment too for me in my life where. I still wasn't really over erotica to be personally, you know, personally and to be totally honest. And I think also I was just interested in other things when this album came out or I wasn't really, I didn't really need it like yet. Um, And I wasn't sure how I felt about her. I think at this time it to me felt also like I wasn't really hearing her, seeing her as much in the same way. Like, yeah, I don't know how to say it. I'll have to think about this as we're going through the album because I felt a little distant from her for a lot of this for from now until really like Ray of Light like I feel very far away from Madonna. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, yeah. that's interesting. And see, I was I was a senior in high school when this record came. This was my last high school Madonna record. And um I was so excited to see her at the MTV Music Awards, burying the hatchet with Dave Letterman, and she was unveiling the look. She brought with her the art, uh, the art director for Secret and Melody McDaniel, the, yeah, the director, to the MTV Music Awards. And um, I think it's a really um, when people talk about Madonna transforming and reinventing herself, this is always the moment I think of because this Madonna, just the attitude, the, but she's also in that appearance, very cautious. Yeah. And, um, and she makes those lewd jokes with Aerosmith when they win. And, and, and it's a weird kind of time and she feels very vulnerable and yet, um, not wanting anyone to see her crack. Right. I think that is, yeah, looking back on it now, I can see, like, this was a really tricky time. Like, there, again, 
this album really could have destroyed her career or like ended her career in a way. Do you know what I mean? I don't think the record would have destroyed her career, but I think the whispers of Madonna is over. Madonna is played out would have gotten louder because of if, if this record had failed. And you know, and she was very like, she was aware of this, meaning there was all this trauma drama about like how, what kind of album this should be. I think the look was hard for them to figure out. I also think like, you know, she did that promo that was for like the record companies and radio stations of like, she had a little girl sitting on oh, her Oh yeah, lap. oh my God, yes. Madonna, you may have heard of me. I've been, uh, I've been very quiet lately. So I just wanted to remind you guys that I existed, you know, it's true. I have put you through the ringer, but at least I'm not boring and I've never been arrested. And uh, I don't think I've ever even broken the law. I know you guys are gonna work this record. And you'll also be very happy to know that there are absolutely no sexual references on this album. Not because I'm ashamed, not because I've changed, not because I have a different outlook on life. I'm just, I've exhausted that um, genre, so to speak. Right, Jesse? And it's a whole new me, right? The other thing, and, and, and you, you, she, she's pulling out all the stops with she's that. Like, I'm going to be a good girl. There's I'm no going to sex. Pl- <laughs> please, please push my record. Yeah. Please work my record. Yeah. I, it was so charming. The other thing, and I know you will appreciate this, Madonna's hair. We do not. She does not know what she's doing this year with her hair. It is. It is black. It is multicolored. It is pointy. Yeah. It is. It is under bandanas with. Tupac, it's everything. It's this bleached blonde thing. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy times. It is it's crazy times. Madonna's hair. Madonna's hair. A spin-off podcast. <laughs> <laughs> all I want to do is talk about Madonna's hair. A little up and down and all around. Enjoy survival. Till next time. Bye.